expand upon them. So please make a note of the references. The first one is Roman 10.17. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The second reference, Hebrews 4.2. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. Unto them refers to those who fell in the wilderness and did not enter the promised land. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. And the third reference, 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man, or you could say the natural mind, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. But take note of these scriptures and use them as reference points whenever you hear and receive the word of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I pray today that as we receive God's word, we will receive it by faith and in faith and we will have the spiritual discernment that only the Spirit of God can give us. Let's receive the Word of God. Amen. My message is taken from Mark chapter 10. It's a familiar passage. Follow my example. Which many of us will know. But whether it be familiar to you or not, God speaks through his word. And as he speaks, he will either say something new to us, or he will remind us of something that he's already said. So as God speaks, receive what he is saying. Passages taken from Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 31. In my Bible, the passage is titled, The Rich Young Man. I'm going to break down the passage into three parts because it's quite a long passage. I'll take each in turn, and then I'll sum up at the end. It's interesting to note, though, before we read, how this young man is defined. He's defined as rich. That's his defining characteristic. How are you defined? How would I describe you? If you were a character in the Bible, 
how would you be described? What are your primary characteristics? Food for thought, but let's continue. First of all, I'm going to read Mark 10, 17 to 22. As Jesus started on his way, a man rang up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honour your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, Jesus said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. First of all, let's notice he ran up to Jesus and fell on his knees before him. It says he ran. That signifies urgency. He was in a hurry. He didn't care what other people thought of him. A man running inexpensive robes would perhaps be a comical sight. He may have looked ungainly. Robes are not meant for running. In that culture, men didn't run unless they were running from danger or there was an urgent matter to attend to. But he didn't care. He was in a hurry to get to Jesus and he didn't care what other people thought. How about you? Do you run to Jesus? Do you worry what other people think? How it looks? May not be quite PC. But this young man, he needed to get to Jesus. He had an important question to ask of Jesus. Verse 17 carries on. He fell on his knees before Jesus. A sign of acknowledgement and respect. He recognized Jesus as a teacher. Maybe he'd heard of Jesus. Maybe he'd even heard Jesus himself. But he recognized that Jesus was a teacher. As someone who could answer his question. Good teacher, he said. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, eternal life is good. 
something to be desired. So he says, what must I do? What's my contribution? You see, a rich man is always able to make a contribution. A rich man is used to paying for things. So he wanted to know, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Interesting, isn't it? An inheritance is not earned. We don't re receive an inheritance because of what we do. We receive an inheritance because of who we are. Amen. We see, receive the inheritance of eternal life because of what Jesus has done. When parents leave their children an inheritance, the children don't have to pay for it or do anything for it. They only receive the inheritance because of who they are. Let's go on. Verse 18. Jesus says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now, many people say that this proves that Jesus said that he is not God. But that's a false assumption of what Jesus said, a false interpretation. What Jesus is saying Unless you recognize that I am God, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Many people recognize God, sorry, many people recognize Jesus for different reasons. Some say he's a good man. Others, he's a teacher. Others, he's a prophet. But unless you recognize Jesus as God, you don't really know who he is. So this young man, he came to Jesus, but he didn't really know who Jesus was. He calls him a good teacher. But Jesus says, only God is good alone. Let's go to verse 19. Jesus says, you know the commandments. And he lists the commandments. He goes through from the fifth to the tenth commandment. Jesus points him to the law relating to human relationships. As you know, the first four commands are commands in relation to God. And the other commands are commands in relation to human relationships. Verse 20. He says, teacher. Notice he's used, he stopped using the word good. He's learned his lesson. He says, teacher. All these I've kept since I was a boy. Now, even if this were true. And he had kept every commandment with respect to human relationships. Even then, he had failed in keeping the very first commandment with respect to God. And what is that commandment? 
We find it in Exodus 23. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods besides me. And we'll come to that later. How it is that he'd failed to keep the very first commandment. But let's continue. Verse 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. And Jesus said, one thing you lack. But what did he lack? We may have different ideas about that. But I came to the conclusion that what he lacked was total devotion to God. Devotion which is based on a personal relationship with God. Yes, he knew all the commandments, but he didn't know the God who had given those commandments. That's what he lacked. A personal relationship with God. Total devotion to God. So Jesus tells him, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. You see, only those who are devoted to God will follow Jesus. And if you want to follow Jesus, you will have to leave some things behind. Let go of them. This young man was required to give everything he had to the poor. Then he would have treasure in heaven. Then Jesus said, come follow me. If we want to follow Jesus, there are some things which we also have to release and let go of. You see, you cannot have treasure in heaven whilst holding on to earthly treasure. And when I say treasure in heaven, I'm not talking about a big bank account or piles of gold. Treasure in heaven is God's blessing and God's provision. You see, treasure in heaven begins from now. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven. Because in fact, we are seated in heavenly places. But you have to make a choice. You can't have it all. You can't have both. You know, there's a saying, sometimes you hear people saying, you can have it all. Well, it's not true. In life, we have to make choices. The Christian life is full of choices. So we have to choose wisely. And verse 22, the man's face fell, this rich young man, and he went away sad. Isn't it interesting? At the beginning, he ran and fell on his knees before Jesus in anticipation and expectation. But at the end, it was his face that fell in disappointment and regret. At the beginning, he fell in anticipation and expectation. But at the end, it was his face that fell 
disappointment and regret. Remember earlier I said that he had failed to keep the very first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods beside me. What did I mean by that? That the rich man had failed in keeping the very first commandment with respect to God. Well, verse 22 tells us he went away sad because he had great wealth. You see, his wealth was his God. He was devoted to his wealth and not to God. He may have kept some of the commandments, if we were to believe him, but he preferred to keep his wealth rather than to follow Jesus. His wealth was his God. So, what is your God? What are you devoted to? And what prevents you from following Jesus? Let's continue. I'm going to read from 23 to 27. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Amen. Verse 23. How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. To enter the kingdom of God is to inherit eternal life. Those who enter the kingdom of God must live the life of the kingdom. And the life of the kingdom is eternal life. The life that comes from God, the life that is given by God. But why is it so hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Perhaps because the rich depend on their wealth. They trust in it. Their wealth supplies and resources them. So they think and believe that they have no need of God. Verse 24. The disciples are amazed at the words of Jesus. So Jesus repeats himself. And in verse 25, he gives the proverb of the camel and the eye of the needle. Now, there are different interpretations of what this means. But whatever the interpretation, it means that it's very difficult and not at all easy 
for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. But this just doesn't apply to wealth. Anything that you depend upon, anything that you rely upon, anything that you possess, anything that you cherish, any of these things can prevent you from entering the kingdom of God. So, what prevents you from entering the kingdom of God? Verse 26. The disciples were even more amazed. They said to each other, who then can be saved? But why were they so amazed? Well, we must remember in Jewish thought and culture, it was considered that wealth was due to the blessing and favour of God. Think of Abraham. David, Solomon. So, if it was so difficult for the rich, those who are blessed and favoured by God to be saved, indeed, who then can be saved? It's not surprising that the disciples were so amazed at the words of Jesus. But Jesus reassures them and us with man. This is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And as the words of the song says, nothing is too difficult for God. His power is unlimited. His resources are infinite. His wisdom is all sufficient. His power to save cannot be denied. What he has purposed, that he will do. And what he has promised will surely come to pass. Amen. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Let's keep going. I'm reading verses 28 to 31. Peter said to Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. Jesus replies, I tell you the truth. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them, persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Verse 28. Peter says, we have left everything to follow you. Contrast this with the response of the young man. He was not prepared to leave everything to follow Jesus. And in verses 29 and 30, Jesus gives a list of things. Home, fields, 
relationships. Home is where we live. Fields, what we do, and what we have. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Most assuredly, he's saying, you can depend on this. He assures both the disciples and us that if we do decide to leave these things, home, fields, relationships, both for his sake and for the sake of the gospel, we can never give up more than he's able to supply. He says a hundred times as much, both in the present age, though with persecutions, and in the age to come. He assures them, and he assures us, that the gift of God, which is eternal life, is guaranteed to all who would follow Jesus. Amen. And then at the end he says, but many who are first will be last, and the last first. Interesting thing to add at the end there. How does it relate to the rest of the passage? I interpret it this way. Jesus is reminding us not to make judgments about the status of those who are and those who will be in the kingdom of God. You see, I have the expectation that heaven will be a place of surprises. I think many of us will be surprised as to those who we find in heaven and many of us will be surprised as to those who we don't find in heaven. So don't make judgments about other people, whether rich or poor, black or white, friendly or not, whatever their circumstances or situation, with God all things are possible. Amen. He calls each of us to this eternal life. And this life is in his son. Hallelujah. So whatever it takes to follow Jesus, Jesus calls us each today to follow him. So let's conclude. We've seen the three parts of this passage. Let's try and bring them all together. What's the passage all really all about? I would suggest the passage is a passage regarding contrasting choices. The choice of the rich young man, which was a negative choice. He chose not to follow Jesus. And the choice of the disciples, which was a positive choice. They chose to follow Jesus. So we all have a choice to make. And may I encourage you to follow the example of the disciples. Choose to follow Jesus. Yes, there are certain things we may have to give up and leave behind. 
But Jesus promises we will receive a hundred times as much, both in this present age and in the age to come. But most of all, we will receive the gift of eternal life. So, choose well. Choose to follow Jesus. And in choosing to follow Jesus, choose eternal life. Amen. 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 God bless your brother. Thank you for the word that you've given unto us. And I pray that the Lord grant us the grace and the favor to be able to make the right choices at every one time. Remember the power of choice is in your hands. It is you who will make the choice. The Lord helps us to be able to make the right choice. May that grace be released upon each one of us to truly make that choice in the name of Jesus Christ. My brother Randolph, I would like you to pray for that grace upon each individual. There are many spiritual fights that we face. And many find it difficult to make the choice just like this particular young man. Even in our day-to-day -day walk with the Lord, 